Welcome to Live in the Feast. I'm Jason Resnick, and for the past decade, I've been helping businesses translate their goals into online success as a freelance web developer. In order for me to accomplish my why as a freelancer, I needed to live in the feast. Now I'm turning the tables around so you as the freelancer can do the same and build a sustainable business to achieve success so that you can ultimately live the kind of life you want. There are so many motions involved in business, especially when it comes down to your business pivoting or changing. Holding these vulnerabilities and these things we fear close to our chest is commonplace. You don't see too many people blogging about what they fear in their business. It's really because we want to show that as business owners, we are in command. Sarah Dunn, a web agency owner, decided that her business needed more focus. She wanted to serve one particular type of client because she saw that her company became much more efficient and profitable when they worked on similar projects and or clients that they had already produced something for. Sarah wanted to niche down, but she wasn't sure what the process was, what to look for, or how to handle all of the feelings and emotions that came along with it. When we recorded this, it was exactly one year to the day she started down this journey. In that time, she figured out her niche, landed multiple clients, and has seen her agency grow. If you've ever thought about specializing your business or services, what questions did you ask for yourself? Go ahead and tweet me at Rez and let me know if you're in the process or you have already specialized. I would encourage you to download the Freelancers Framework, which I'll link up in the show notes. This will help you start the journey by reflecting on your current business. This episode is sponsored by Feast. Feast is the roadmap and community built for freelancers like you looking to take their business to the next level. You didn't become a freelancer and start your own business because you wanted to work more, right? Want better clients? Command higher prices? Build recurring revenue so you can stay out of the famine for good? Feast will help you focus and remain accountable through coaching calls, community, an exclusive mastermind group, and a ton of resources and tactics that work for today's market. Head over to res.com feast to check it out. And while you're there, take a look and grab the free lesson and the KPI spreadsheet, which I use to track my own content marketing. So let's dive in with Sarah and live in the feast. Howdy folks. So this season is all about marketing yourself as a freelancer. No doubt you've heard that you need to specialize or niche or niche down, whatever term it is that you use in the world, um, and stop taking on every single project. Well, today I'm honored and excited to be bringing onto the show someone who's going through this process and she's documented it. Right? She's recording videos. And at the time of this recording, it's actually one year to the day of our very first video. So I'm so excited to have that, that milestone, right? Um, Sarah Dunn. I mean, she's been documenting this story on YouTube. And if you haven't checked it out, definitely check it out. And I'll add the link in the show notes. But she's specializing her web agency and sharing it for all the world to see. Sarah, welcome. Hi, thanks so much. I'm so glad to be here on this very special day. 
Yeah, I'm excited to have you here. So for those that don't know who you are, can, uh, who are you and, and, and what do you do? Well, I'm Sarah Dunn. I run a web agency based in Southwest Michigan, and I've done that for about five years now. And in the last year or so, I've been working really hard to specialize my agency and figure out who our ideal client is, who we want to work with, and see if we can't position ourselves in our marketing as experts in something super specific. So uh, I have a tiny team of four people and we're all remote. So I work from home, which I'm sure is a story that's very familiar to a lot of your listeners. And I'm just ready to take my business and my marketing to the next level. So excited to share that with you today, too. Awesome. Well, great. So before we get into what's going on today, why did you start your own business in the first place? That's a great question. I've actually never worked in a super traditional job other than an internship at a big Fortune 500's web team. Mm -hmm. And I think I just always knew I wanted to do my own thing. Um, I just took a test that told me that I am a competitive achiever by personality. So (laughs) the whole idea of working in corporate and trying to climb the ladder and wait to be noticed in order to get a promotion just never really appealed to me. So I knew I wanted to do my own thing and create my own destiny. I didn't always know that that would be in technology or on the web, but I eventually got started because I started designing websites as a hobby for myself, for friends, and I discovered that people would pay me money to do it. And my hobby just kind of creeped up to become more and more of my days. And I realized that it was something I really enjoyed doing. I was willing to do it for free, Hmm. but people were willing to pay me. So I might as well make a business out of it. So this business in particular, I was definitely looking for the right career at the time. But um, it wasn't something that I always knew I wanted to do. It just kind of happened to me. Mm. So so how long have you been, I guess, making websites professionally? In other words, getting paid to do this? About five years. So when I started, it was I had no formal training. I actually went to college for international business and had a minor in marketing. Mm -hmm. So it was just me and doing theme customizations on WordPress doing the design in the browser mostly and doing the development and customizations myself. And that's how I started about five years ago. So I I like to say I was just a girl with a cell phone and a laptop who wanted to run a business and I figured it out really slowly over time. But I always took it very seriously and knew that I wanted to create a real business and not just a job for myself. So I'm was really happy to grow it fairly consistently and land some big contracts early and have a pretty successful business fairly soon after I started. So it's been great and I've really enjoyed it. But in the last year or so, it's been time to take it to the next level. Hmm. So, I mean, we'll dive a little deeper into specializing and, and the importance of that. But what was that tipping point. I mean, I know that in your series on YouTube, you kind of go into a little bit about that you saw that when you did several projects of the same type or same industry or similar spaces, you found that you became more efficient. And that was a signal to you to be make your business better. So 
what did you measure for efficiency and specifically, I guess, along the lines of how did you know you were actually becoming more efficient when you did multiple projects of the same kind? That's a great question. And that is something that I mentioned in my first video, that when we did similar projects in the past, it was always more efficient to complete them, so in less time. I think it's important to know that when I got started doing this, I thought I kind of had to say yes to everything. So if there was a local business owner that said, oh, Sarah, you do websites. Well, can you also do my social media? And can you help me maybe figure out how to send an email newsletter? I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? You'll pay me for that. Okay, cool. Then I'll do it. And every time I took on some sort of new task or new service, it was so slow to figure it out. And I wasn't always building billing hourly. I was usually billing flat rate. So all of that time for learning fell on me. And so I was spending a lot of time delivering services that were new to me that took a lot of time to deliver and didn't make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So I realized when I took on services or clients that were similar, I had already done all of the learning for that service. I had a better position to sell from and to market from because I had experience in it. And um, actually completing the work took less time because I already had some of a process for it and had kind of gone through some of the the hair pulling and the, the trying to figure things out and had at least figured out how to make it work once. So every time I did something similar, I realized that it was just faster. I was more efficient. My team was more efficient in things that we had done before. And that was one of the reasons that... Um, I really wanted to specialize and stop saying yes to everything and taking on new services all the time. But I just didn't really know what the right thing was. Sure. So did you literally track hours and dollars and profit margins and things like that? Or was it just kind of more of a gut feeling that you were becoming more efficient? It's actually both. I've always been pretty big on time tracking and project profitability and figuring those things out. So I did have some time tracking tools so I could look through and go, how long did this task take? How long did this project take? But part of it was also just kind of monitoring my own level of frustration and figuring things out <laughs> um, and just realizing how much easier things were the second time, the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time that I did them. So it was a little bit quantitative, but also just kind of the feeling. Sure. Yeah. And I think a lot of, <laughs> a lot of us go on our gut or instinct and kind of just figure things out as we go. I mean, I, you know, I've, <laughs> I've done that. I mean, you know, my story is, is that I was taught how to make a website through email because I was cutting my economics class in college, right? Like it was a long distance awesome. learning class. Like it was the most boring two hour TV show that you've ever seen in your entire life. And <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not sitting watching this TV. And I was just like, I'm going to go up to the computer lab. And my friend was taking, and this is the, the late nineties at this point, right? So it's the early, early stages. And my friend was, he was learning how to make a website and he was teaching me like HTML over email. And I was building a website while I was doing it. And who knew that this would be my career, right? So it's so fun. It's it's just, I mean, that's what it really is. It's it's us figuring things out. Um, we might have a mentor or somebody that can guide us in a direction or have a feedback loop against kind of thing. But 
a lot of times it just falls on us, right? Like you have an agency, you have a small team, right? Myself, I'm a solo business owner. Um, but you know, ultimately it comes down to let's see where this might take us, but then we have to kind of make sure that we're always on that straight track so that we don't veer off. As you started to explore this specialization, how did you overcome like, you know, meandering too far from the track? I mean, especially if you have people that essentially you're responsible for. You know, my early specializing happened fairly naturally because I realized eventually what types of work that I didn't really enjoy doing and that weren't a good fit for our team. So when I got more comfortable that there was actually more work out in the world, if I said no to a certain job, I kind of naturally started going, you know what? I don't really enjoy blogs particularly. Um, You know, that was just one thing that we didn't do a lot of. So I started referring out different jobs if they came in, if someone wanted a blog. Same thing with e-commerce. That wasn't really our deal. And eventually I realized that, you know what, product marketing wasn't really our deal. We should focus on services because I love driving leads for service-based businesses. So up till that point, that was the easy part of my specializing. Those were things that I realized really naturally and just got brave enough to say no to, especially when I found some people that I was willing to refer the work out to so I didn't feel bad about saying no to it. But that was as far as I really was able to get in a natural way in the path of specializing was just saying, you know, I know we like doing websites for service-based businesses. And that was where I kind of got stuck about a year ago and didn't really know how to go any further. So... Did your team know that you were going down this route? Yeah. You know, I wrote an email. I actually think it was like May of 2015. So like a really long time ago, I wrote an email to my team as part of a regular monthly newsletter to them that I do that just talked about my thoughts about specializing at the time and how I could see some benefit to it. And it was something that I was going to think about and think about pursuing. And I didn't really have anything concrete. It was just kind of my thoughts on paper about the advantages that I could perceive about specializing. So including some things like the fact that we were more efficient and produced a better work when we did similar work to projects we've done in the past, or the fact that it would be a lot easier for us to market if we knew exactly who our target clients were and the services we could offer. And finally, also the fact that we really weren't positioned in the markets as experts in anything. So we didn't have a really strong negotiating position in any sort of project negotiation because we were just kind of a plain vanilla everything digital marketing agency like a lot of other people that our prospects might have been interviewing. So I did tell my team about specializing and why I was thinking about it, but As I started exploring things, I did kind of do it on my own. There was a little bit of hesitation from my designer, bless her heart. She's very much a creative and she's like, well, you know, if we only focus on one kind of client, that doesn't sound very interesting creatively. So um, I've continued as we've made the specializing transition to have some unique work for her, keep variety in her life. But yeah, most (laughs) of the... um, 
decision to specialize and the things that I explored were really something that I did myself. And uh, bless my team for <laughs> having patience with me and letting me kind of go down this path. Sure. So, so when you came to the point at which you said that you kind of naturally specialized to an extent, and then you hit like a year ago, you kind of hit this wall a little bit. Who did you reach out to then? Did you have a business mentor or a mastermind group or somebody that you could bounce ideas off of? I mean, I saw in your YouTube videos, you know, you went out searching for these kind of how-to guides or I know that, you know, Philip Morgan's positioning manual you read. I read that too. It was a great, great book. Um, you know, the exercises especially. Um, but to be able to bounce an idea off of someone that, is, you know, in a conversation where they actually are there with you. Did you have any of that? It's such a good question because I I had a little bit of kind of a sounding board, but what I really wanted was for someone to say, I've specialized my web agency and here's exactly how I did it. And that right. just didn't really seem to exist. I think it was a little bit of a crutch at the time, wanting someone else to have a thought out process for exactly what I should do. And I'm kind of glad that I got to forge my own path. But I think what was most frustrating to me with the information on the internet was that it was all like really quick advice like, oh, you're not getting enough leads. Well, you should specialize in a certain kind of client and then everything becomes easier. And I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, I want to do that. But I think you're making this sound way too simple. Everything that I found online just really seemed to gloss over the fact that specializing a business that just kind of like your baby feels very emotional. And I felt like nobody was really giving enough credit to the emotion and the decision and the the fear that comes up when you talk about specializing your business in one very specific way and cutting off the rest of the market. So mm. I there wasn't like a certain content resource or a certain person that I really felt like was a mentor in the process. And not that I didn't have anyone to talk to. So I've been involved in a women's entrepreneurship mastermind group for about three years. And when I told them, they were all in different industries, so not other web professionals. Uh, I masterminded with a a productivity consultant and a speaking coach and a sales consultant. And all of them were kind of like, well, are are you sure you really need to specialize? Like they actually had a lot of fear for me. Oh, is is Sarah being crazy? Will she ever find another client? So to be honest, one of the reasons I was so frustrated when I started this process to try to figure out a specialty is because I felt really alone. I didn't feel like anyone else was going through this. I, I hadn't heard of anyone else that was like, hey, this is really scary. And so I, I felt very much like I was on this generalist island and everyone else was happy to be generalists and everybody other than them was already a specialist and it was easy for them to figure out their specialty. And I'm like, I'm somewhere in the middle. I would like to be over there, but I'm over here and nobody understands me. So since then, through actually doing the videos, I found out that's totally not true, but In that very first video, I I talk about how I feel kind of alone and I'm going like, does anybody out there feel this way? Anybody at all? Um, (laughs) And and thankfully, so many people have sent me uh, YouTube comments, 
private emails, Twitter replies, Twitter direct messages. I got my first Instagram direct message about this just today. (laughs) And people saying, oh my gosh, I'm totally where you were a year ago. So frustrated with my plain vanilla business and knowing I need to specialize, but really not knowing what to specialize in. And even that to me has been such a wonderful part of putting the work into doing weekly videos for the last year. It's made it all worth it. It has been some work and some time, but just to create a community of people who feel understood has been such an amazing outcome that I wasn't actually anticipating at all. Mm, yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny. Like you do, you talk about that Island. I was in that same spot and it was 2010 when I struck out on my own. And, you know, I had tried it once before, you know, in the early 2000s when everything collapsed in on itself. Um, I was working for a consultant firm that grew way too fast because of the dot-com explosion. Um, but then when all those dot-coms, you know, basically went under, you know, this consultant firm subsequently had to downsize and I was part of that. And, you know, at the first time, I just was like, Hey, I can make a website. I can run a business, you know, like I I equated to that. And I learned pretty quickly. It was a little over a year. I had to go get a full-time job. But then in 2010, I struck out again and I went on my own and I was like, look, um, I learned my lessons from the first time, the whole time I was kind of prepping the business, all the other things of the business, you know, the admin work, the marketing and all that other kind of thing that I failed to do on the first go around. And so It was like a year and a half in, two years in, I was like, I hit this wall again. And I'm like, why am I on this hamster wheel? Like, I don't get this. And I told my fiance at the time, I said, look, I think, I think I'm at a point where I got to go get a job because I can't do this. I'm going to get burned out. And I, you know, I feel like I'm on a hamster wheel. I'm always chasing that next thing, you know? And she was, you know, she said to me like, look, I know that's not what you want to do. And you know, you're not going to be happy doing that. And it's not something that, you know, in your head, you've always wanted to, you know, do your own thing. And that was kind of like the kick in the butt that I needed. Right. Like I was like, Oh, this, this woman wants, you know, she's supporting me 110%. Like, you know, not everybody would say that they'd be like, all right, go get a job. You know? (laughs) So, and I was just like, all right, well, then I got to figure this out. Like what's going on here. Right. So you know, and I felt like you, I was like, so I know I need to do this thing. Like, and I, I can't be the general web developer like that. And that's what I was. I mean, I was doing PHP, Ruby on rails. I was all over the map. Right. And I was like, I got to specialize in some way so that I'm not on this constant hamster wheel. I need to become that expert. How do I do this? And like you, I couldn't find anything. And I was like, but there are their specialties. Like I see them, <laughs> they exist. Right. How did they get there? You know, so everybody's business is different, right? Like you were saying, like, it's like your baby, right? Like there's an emotional attachment to it, right? Like it's very different. So for the way that I went about finally figuring out what my specialty was may not be the same path that somebody else is. You know, I feel like that's such a, such a personal thing that there's no real how to, to do it, but to have that support system. To have that, like, hey, look, can I just bounce some ideas off of you? And like, where did you go to, you know, find X or how did you come at decision Y? Like to have that support system there. Um, I think that's, 
that that's that's where it is. That's where the gold is. So yeah, you know, I'm really glad you said that about the process to specialize being so personal. And I think I'm just starting to realize that. So I thought that there must be some formula out there. Like there must be a certain way that you figure out your niche. And I did try to buy as many resources as I could. So I read um, Philip Morgan's consulting manual and Pia Silva has a great book called Badass Your Brand that I read and did a Mm -hmm. review on. Then I started Philip's uh, can the positioning course. And I went through some of those exercises and I was just like trying to analyze this to death. Like there's got to be this decision matrix and it's, I'm going to rank <laughs> some things and then whatever ranks the highest is going to be my specialty. But where's the worksheet on this? I know. And there were <laughs> worksheets and Philip's got great worksheets. They just didn't work for me, to be honest. Right. Um, I wanted to be so passionate about whatever I specialized in. And I think that that's also personal. I think other people can be really fulfilled by just saying, hey, I know there's money in this industry and I know I'm good at the service. So that's what I'm going to do and it'll be fine. But I wanted to be like so excited about whatever I chose that I would do it for free. I wanted to have that feeling like I have on some projects that are just so fun and exciting. And if I didn't have that feeling, I just couldn't move forward with it, which is one of the reasons I think I was so stuck. Um, My videos, actually, I started, my first video was just about, I'm going to try to find my niche and um, here's what's coming next and here's how I feel. And then I continued to make a video every week and it's probably like 15 videos of me going, hey, I tried this thing and it didn't work either. Or here's this really interesting exercise I tried. I still don't have a niche and I'm not sure anyone even watched those. And if they did, they probably weren't interesting. But I was like, I'm going to turn this camera on and talk to it every week, even if I haven't figured it out. And I really didn't think it would take so long. But I think that there's still value in sharing that journey and sharing my perspective on how I wanted to feel when I chose to specialize. So you're right. It is such a personal decision. And the process is very personal, too. And what makes people make that decision? So I'm out there going, hey, if this is hard, I get it. This really isn't as easy as it sounds. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a hundred percent right, and I did watch those videos. So bless your heart. <laughs> um, so a year later into this, where are you at now, and what are you actually doing? Okay, sure. So it was actually about last October, so a few months ago, that I was just like, okay, still doing this thing, still making these videos, still don't have a specialty. And I went to a women in big business conference and I met someone who really changed everything for me. She is a wedding planner in Chicago and she's a great entrepreneur and someone that I really enjoy. And as soon as we met and I told her that I did web design and search engine optimization, she said, oh my gosh, will you look at my website? I had a website redesign about six months ago, and I used to be on page one of Google for Chicago Wedding Planner, and now I'm on like page nine, and it is a disaster, and my inquiries have dried up, and I don't know what to do, and will you just look at it and let me know what you think? And it took me all of a minute, two minutes looking at the site to realize (laughs) that her web designer knew nothing about SEO and had just totally messed it up for her. 
And the more I looked around in the wedding industry, the more I realized that all of the website and marketing services sold to the wedding industry are all about the creative. And I think that's really a, a disservice to the industry because marketing any business is not just about what it looks like and whether the design is good. If you don't know anything about the technical part of digital marketing and of website design, you're really doing a disservice to your clients. And so I saw that as a big hole in the wedding market. And I immediately felt this really strong desire to help this market. And it was the first time I latched on to a certain type of work and a certain type of client and said, these are my people and I want to help them no matter what. And so I probably a a month later, I made a video that said, uh, I'm too scared to tell you what my niche is. And then the next week I said, okay, I've got it. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to do search engine optimization for wedding professionals. And so that's where I am now. And it's been really fun. Great. That's awesome. See, I mean, so it goes back, right? Like that, that gut feeling, you kind of figure things out and happenstance, right? Like I know in one of your videos, it was, you know, you had talked about, I think somebody said like your niche just happens, right? And it happened, right? Like you felt that pull and like, even you, you mentioned like, you know, you wanted to be able to love what you do, right? And to be able to, to be able to find that, it finds you sometimes. Yeah. You know, in that video that I was making, it was a little bit different. I had heard from a couple people who said, oh, you know, I kind of did this project with this certain type of client and then I did another one and and those type of clients just kept coming to me. So my niche just happened to me. And I was like, I wish that would just happen to me. That would be awesome. But yesterday I got a call from a concrete company and today I have a call with an accounting firm. So my clients are all over the map. So it'd be awesome if the same kind of client would just keep calling me and I didn't have to figure it out. Um, So that was what I really meant by the niche just happening to people. And I wish that would have happened. But even though I reached that inflection point where I I connected with the right person. I think because I was actively seeking and open to the idea of finding a specialty, I think that's why it occurred to me that Mm -hmm. that was a direction that I should go in. And if I had just been continuing in a generalist mindset going, oh, well, this is one project I'm doing and tomorrow I'll do something different. I never would have thought to declare it as a niche or actively pursue other clients in this same industry. I would have just, again, went on to tomorrow and waited to see what kind of referral came in. So mm. even though this amazing person came to me, I think the idea of specializing um, was still something I was working hard at. And that's the reason that it happened. Mm, yeah, no, I think that's a good point because you, you do, you have to be open and receptive to that. Right. And, you know, I've done, I've read books and said, look, you know, I feel like I would, I know what's in this book, but you know what, I'm going to just be open to it and see what the book says to me. Right. Um, you know, just to be available and make yourself open to things, you know, sometimes is enlightening just in, in and of itself. Um, so, now that you have a few months with your certain niche now, I mean, what's, what's it look like? I mean, is, is things, are things easier for you or is it, is marketing easier? Is the language easier? Are you still kind of, 
you know, do you still get those general inquiries coming through? I mean, what's it look like now? Sure. So since this is a marketing focused season, uh, let's talk a little bit about that kind of the comparison of marketing as a generalist versus a specialist. So when I was a generalist, marketing was really hard because I didn't really know who I was talking to. And so I tried to do content marketing and everyone said, well, you should blog and share your authority on a regular basis. So I wrote really general blog posts that I think were so broad trying to connect with everyone that nobody found them very interesting. So on the marketing side, it is so much easier now to figure out what content to write that would actually be interesting. I've been able to dial this niche and this industry down into an ideal client persona that I think about when I'm actually planning out content. So what I've done in my business and in my specialty is create an entirely separate, super focused microsite is what I'm calling it. And it's all about SEO services for wedding professionals. And there's a couple Mm of reasons for this. Um, having the separate site. The first one was just because it reduced the perceived risk for me. So I kept my generalist web agency site up exactly as it was, just so I always had that to fall back on. It just felt way too risky to me to take over my existing website and say, never mind generalist web work. I'm only focusing on wedding professionals now. Um, So I have a, a separate site because it made me feel good. And also because whenever someone lands on my specialist site and starts reading it, all of the messaging is targeted to them. It is all about SEO for wedding professionals. The way I talk about meta descriptions is written for a creative person and specifically has examples of wedding industry blog posts and how you'd write a meta description for that. So it's just so much more compelling. And the results as far as response and followers and email subscribers has been just immense because people know when they read a piece of content from me, it will apply to them or has a much higher probability of applying to them. So for years, I had an email sign-up form on my generalist agency site. And it was one of those that just said, subscribe to our newsletter for small business (laughs) marketing tips. And of course, no one signed up for that. That sounds awful. I don't want a newsletter about small business marketing (laughs) tips either. And I find marketing interesting. So um, I think literally like zero real subscribers to that in the five years that I did generalist work. And um, already in just a few months of putting out fairly regular content on my specialist site, I've already got, I think... I think 28 subscribers. And no, we're not talking Mm. about like crazy online marketing, let me write a course about it kind of numbers. But this is significantly more than I ever got being a generalist. And I'm really just picking up speed within this industry. Just did my first webinar, free webinar about it yesterday. So the fact to me that 28 people are willing to listen to me every other week when I send them a blog post, that is just a game changer. So the marketing for specialized services is really, truly so much easier and more compelling and more useful. Definitely. And those 28 people are so much 
more of a higher quality of lead to you than somebody that's just looking for marketing tips. Oh, absolutely. I know that they're right within my target client and I can nurture them into becoming a client over time as opposed to here I am talking to anybody and and hopefully I offer what you need and maybe I don't. Um, so yeah, I think they're getting so much more value out of it. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome to hear because I think what happens is, is that, you know, like we were talking at the top about, oh, people just say you need to niche and you need to specialize. And how do you get to that island though? But once you're at that island, you're like, how come you're not over here? Like, it's like, <laughs> it's like this enlightenment that happens, right? Because it's, it's, it goes a long way in that like, hey, everything else does become easier. Like you, you know who you're talking to. You're not talking to an audience that's in like, a, like a theater. You're talking to like a specific kind of person and to be able to have that messaging down pat right? Like, I mean, I'm sure you're still probably working on the messaging and all that stuff, but over time, all of that stuff, interacting with sales, you know, even working on projects, supporting, you know, past clients, those kind of things, that messaging starts to really become natural language of your business. And once that becomes, you know, the natural course of business, the selling, I mean, you've already sold them before they even come to your, you know, before they even reach out to you. Yeah. And it's also so much more compelling in the sales process. So I was talking to a prospect last week and she was actively looking for an SEO company to work with. And she's a wedding planner. And she said, well, you know, I've got a meeting with a local agency here too. And I was able to say, you know what? I've worked with other wedding planners. You don't have to explain to me the difference between the kind of bride you want and the kind of bride you don't. i I am learning how they are searching and I've done this before. And she's like, oh, you know, this is good. <laughs> and I finally feel like I'm selling something where I can say I have more knowledge than the other person you're talking to. And as someone who is a competitive achiever, you know, I do want that position in the market where I can say, I'm really confident in what I do and I'm really good at it. And it's unlikely that you're going to find someone who's better at this very specific thing. And I never felt like I could say that um, as a generalist web designer. I I know the websites we create are great, but um, you know they could go pay a bigger agency a lot more money and get a better website than what we can make. But in this very specific place, in the very specific market, I now feel like we have a much more special position. So that's been really fun, too, in the sales process. Mm. Well, that's so awesome. I'm so glad to hear, like, you know, I mean, hearing your journey and even documenting it. First of all, thank you for just putting it out there, like being vulnerable, telling it like it is, what you're feeling, you know, saying, you know, the, the ups and downs and all of this stuff. Because I think, you know, if, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about going down this road, and I, I think we both encourage you to do this, right? Go check out Sarah's YouTube series on this because, you know, it's, you're not alone. You're not alone in this. Um, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. I don't have a YouTube channel or nothing, but I'll, I'll definitely try to help in any way that I can. And I'll probably just link you up to Sarah's videos, but, um, this has been awesome. So thank you for doing that. And, you know, thanks for 
thanks for being here. But before I let you go, what's your number one piece of advice for any freelancer that's looking to live in the feast? Yeah, well, obviously, I am a big cheerleader for specializing. (laughs) And just having the confidence to realize what kind of projects you really like. I'm not saying you have to choose a hyper-specific service in a very specific industry tomorrow, but is there a kind of project you can think of that you really don't enjoy as much as others, that you aren't as good at, that you don't think maybe you get the best results? Maybe that's something you start referring out tomorrow. And I promise you that there is other work that's coming that is a better fit for you if you can say no to work you don't actually like and you can get a little bit more specific in your marketing messaging about who you help and what you do. Every little incremental move you can make toward doing better work and more specific work gives you a more special place in the market and a bit more of a a marketing upper hand on others. So my number one tip is not to specialize and niche down as tightly as possible, as soon as possible. It's what move can you make and what decision can you make tomorrow that moves you into a more specialist position? Perfect. I love it. Well, thank you very much, Sarah, for being here and and, and giving us such an awesome show. I know that people are getting a ton of value at it and definitely the action items for sure. So uh, where can people reach out and uh, say thanks for this? Sure. Thanks for asking. Um, I am most active talking to others on Twitter. My handle there is Sarah11D and all of my videos and all of my accompanying blog posts for each video and each week is at sarah-done.com. I would love a comment there. I'm just always so encouraged when I hear from someone else that says, I get how you're feeling or I appreciate knowing someone else is going through this. So please feel free to reach out through the contact form there or send me a message on Twitter and I'd love to help you or at least encourage you in any way that I can. Awesome. Great. And I'll put all of those links in the show notes. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening and... Until next time, it's your time to live in the feast.